name is Stacy Campbell. I'm the Lone Star Division Manager with Cutco and Vector Marketing and a member of the company's Hall of Fame. But I'm even more proud to be the father of Ethan Campbell, one of my three sons I'm blessed to have in the 2021 New District Manager Silver Cup National Championship winner. I've accomplished many accolades in my now 30-year career with Vector Marketing, but Ethan's personal accomplishments in 2021 ranks at the top of that list. Ethan grew up with the Cutco business all around him. He was Vector trained from birth, and he can provide a truly unique perspective on what it's like to grow up in a Vector family. He had solid success in the Vector business at many levels as an all-American sales rep, top performing division office manager, branch manager, and now district manager. He also has an inside look into the culture of the national championship Lone Star Division and what has made our team special. As dad, I'm proud of Ethan because of his passion to succeed, his never quit work ethic, and willingness to continue to grow both personally and professionally. I'm truly thankful that he has become a rep and a manager because he taught me things in both areas that reignited my passion and my focus as division manager and helped our division to the heights it now has reached. If you want some insights from a great young leader in the Vector Cutco business, that's what you're gonna get here. And if you're thinking about raising a family while having a career with Vector, I think this will prove as a powerful testament to how amazing that life can be for you and for your family as well. I'm grateful and I'm excited to introduce to you our Silver Cup New District Manager Champion, my son, Ethan Campbell. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm really excited about today's episode because my guest is Ethan Campbell. And yes, if you recognize that last name, Ethan's dad is Stacy Campbell, company legend, Hall of Fame member, national champion, double national champion in the division silver cup category in 2021. Ethan's time with Cutco goes back to 2015. He's worked closely with his dad throughout the years. He was a division office manager for a couple summers in the Lone Star pilot office. Uh, He ran a branch in 2020, graduated from UT at San Antonio in 
2020 uh, with a degree in political science. And Ethan became a district manager in 2021 and is the national champion, number one new DM in the company. So I'm really fired up to hear about Ethan's story to gain some insights into the Lone Star Division culture and for Ethan to be able to share his insights here today. Ethan Campbell, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. I'm really excited to be able to kind of share uh, lots of different stuff, share the company culture, Lone Star culture, and really just and get to talk to you for uh, for the next hour or so. So I'm really excited to be able to share everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've definitely been looking forward to this one here. So glad we could connect in this way. Take us back, Ethan, and tell us about growing up with Cutco. What What stands out to you being the son of a famous Cutco executive? Well, growing up with Cutco, uh, when I think of that, I really, I think of the Cutco and the Vector family more than anything. I think of district managers who I met growing up, doms who were my dad's doms who almost were more like, they were more like family. Like they really were more like family. I saw them as close family members. I think of how I don't really know life without Vector people in it. And uh, I think of people like uh, John Carpenter and Monica Carpenter, and my little brother has self-proclaimed them his godparents. And that's something that's really cool when I think of growing up with Cutco. I think of a lot of stuff. I think of a lot of different company culture things that stand out the most. But probably the, the thing that stands out to me is my first major memory of Vector at all. I was maybe five or six. I don't even really remember it. It's kind of a vague memory because I was so young. And it was at a year-end banquet, I'm pretty sure. But I remember then me and my older brother were there and we were, I was five and he was maybe eight or something. I have an older brother who's three years older and a younger brother, three years younger than me. And uh, at that banquet, the nicest person in the whole room, the nicest man in the whole room, walked across the room, came up to us and just started talking to us two little kids about basketball. And he was talking to us and that was our sport. That's what we loved. He told us about how good the Spurs were. And back then the Spurs were really good too, winning championships and everything. And what I remember though, is having us guess who his uh, favorite basketball team was. And just the only clue he gave us was they were really bad. And all I knew about basketball was what I knew from video games. And I guessed the Golden State Warriors. And he was so impressed that I guessed that he was upset that it was them, that they were the bad team. And uh, <laughs> I had no idea that that was, I mean, hindsight, it's just unbelievably cool that the nicest person in the room walked across, talked to two kids, and that was the president of our company. That was Bruce Goodman. And I think of things like that when I think of growing up with Cutco. I think of the people who were above my dad who treated us just like the same way, like I said, like family. And then the same thing, I think of the people who worked with my dad throughout the years, the assistant managers, the person when my little brother was born, my first real memory is him coming home. And one of my dad's assistant managers, Nicole Salmon, was the person who babysat us. It wasn't anybody else. It was that. That's what I think of growing up with Cutco. Is it means you have another family? Yeah, there's the people who you know are blood related, and it's almost like the the quote that people hear: you can pick your you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family. Our family's there, and our family is incredible. And we always had another family. And that's what I think of the most when I think of growing up with Cutco is having that other family of support, people who loved, who cared, all of that stuff. Wow. What a great way to put it, mm -hmm. that you have another family. And I love, of course, uh, the story about Bruce Goodman and 
Bruce and I were both long suffering Warriors fans for many years until uh, they finally broke through here uh, uh, in the last uh, half decade or so. So pretty cool to hear. What do you feel like you learned early in your life that you realize now are sort of vector trained qualities? There's a lot. And I really like the way you put that question too, because it's what you, it's what I saw in early life that I didn't even realize that I was learning. And that vector trained concept, I didn't even know what I was witnessing until I, until I became vector trained almost, so to speak. And I noticed this stuff. And what I do think about the thing that stands out the most to me is the time management, but the executive level planning that goes into that goes into it because I remember all of my memories. My my dad was he obviously worked really hard, and I know that now because I'm going through the same thing as a new DM. He obviously busted his butt really hard to get where he was, uh, but he never missed a single sporting event, and he never missed any of our basketball games. He was the coach of our teams too. He was the person who he was the dad who was coaching. He was doing things. He was the president of our little league basketball that we had in Georgetown, Texas. It was Georgetown dribblers. He was the president of that for a couple of years, for many years too. And I think about that concept and how, how that's what really being vector trained was that he had his business going. And now I know he was running trainings on those same Saturdays that we were actually, that he was coaching. And while he was coaching the games, his phone was off. It wasn't there. He was paying attention to the game. He was ever present with what was going on. And uh, one of uh, one of my dad's previous doms who went on to become a district manager as well, Matt Mayberry is his name. And he, I remember going and I went to school in San Antonio and we went and visited him. He lived in San Antonio. And uh, I remember him talking about, talking about this concept of what he kind of learned from my dad. And the main thing that, and I remember the quote, what he said is everybody else just thinks they're busy. And that's what he kind of said. And when he said that, that's what kind of being vector trained meant the most to me. Uh, That's what I learned what it was, is it's being able to say, hey, I can coach my son just like my dad did. And Matt Mayberry does it now where he runs a business, coaches his kid, does it all and gets it all accomplished just because he has that vector training. And that's what being vector trained really is, is being able, your capacity is greater. And that's really what stands out to me of being vector trained is. Ah, so your capacity is greater. I did, I love that quote that everybody else just thinks they're busy, right? Like Stacy's there coaching your games and participating in your life and doing all these things. And, the, and meanwhile, he's running this multi-million dollar business throughout the rest of the week and he's getting it all done. And it was executive level planning that you described was what it took for him to be able to balance that and be able to make all those things happen. Yeah. And the more impressive thing still to me is that I didn't even recognize it as a kid is like, that's something that you don't even know is going on. What are you, I was focused on the games that we were playing. He was yelling at me from the sideline, right? Like that's what he was doing, but that's not just what he was doing. (laughs) He was doing more than that and not even realizing it though. When did you start to realize that like, wow, you know, my dad's got a lot of stuff to do and he's still here. Like he, he gets it all done. This is awesome. That's a good question. And I think the, the time that I realized kind of how, I guess, how vector trained you can be. I mentioned my dad was the president of the, of the 
little league basketball, but as we got older, we did select sports too. And we were playing at different levels and, uh, he always coached my older brother. He always coached his teams. I actually was very fortunate where I should say he also was fortunate. There were other dads on my age group who were very smart with basketball, very good coaches as well. So he wasn't as uh, directly overdoing any of the coaching that I had, but my little brother, he had gotten almost, I don't want to say like fed up, but he had, he came up with his own ideas for what a good select basketball organization really was. And so there was one year where he was just, he came up with this brilliant idea where he was just going to start his own. And he just started his complete own organization. It was just one team at the time, my little brother's team. And then by the next year, there was three teams and I'm pretty sure probably more teams wanted to join. But by that point, Garrett had kind of moved on to, and he was like, all right, this isn't really what I want to do. I'm doing some other stuff. But at that point when he was, I really realized it because he was running the division. He was watching my games, but at the same time, he was running a whole organization and coaching a team individually. And at that point, it was kind of eye-opening to say, going back to the Matt Mayberry quote, I hadn't heard it at the time, but it was like, everybody just thinks they're busy. Like you're able to do so much more as long as you plan it all out, as long as you're an executive with what you do with your time, as long as you're intentional and he always uses that word more than more than anything. That's the word my dad uses is you have to be intentional with what you're doing at every moment. Yeah, I love that. What I feel like I've noticed with uh, people in Vector is that there's a different way of thinking that grows the longer you're with Vector. We learn things like, you know, how to focus on what's positive. We learn things like better emotional intelligence. There's a lot of ways of just viewing the world that are different about vector people versus a lot of people that aren't exposed to this culture. Do you feel that you were witnessing and experiencing those types of things as a child growing up? I think it was almost hard not to. I think it was almost hard not to being, having seen him, what he does in the company. And uh, he always had in the company, he always had staff members, people like that who would come over to our house, who I knew. They were very, I don't want to say, like I kind of mentioned, they were kind of just like family. Like they were like older, very much older brothers because he was working with 25, 23 sometimes year olds who were really cool in my eyes, even as a kid, because it was like they're cool college students. And those people being able to see how he kind of led them to even today where they are, because some of those people have bought Cutco from me now. And that's kind of a really cool concept too, is those young, those then young students, those then young people who he was able to lead and turn them into saying what, Hey, there's positive everywhere. You can go accomplish what you want. You can go into the real estate world and have success. You can, if you're going to run a roofing company, you're going to be the best at doing that too. And being, and he kind of has that about him of just saying, if I'm going to do something, I might as well be the best at it. I might as well just go out and have success with it. And that's what kind of, like you mentioned, being able to have that, that's a part of the vector training too, of saying, taking someone where they are, put them where they want to be. And we're going to be able to do that. And that's seeing things in a positive way. That's seeing the light of like, that's saying, that's seeing a basketball organization and saying, I can make something even better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So having your dad around for your athletic endeavors was a key benefit. Of course, uh, the exposure to all the cool people 
more sort of positive thinking or positive atmosphere, I suppose. Any other benefits uh, that you feel like stand out of being part of a Vector family? Travel. We traveled a lot growing up. That is the one thing we were so blessed, me and my two brothers, to think of. I think about this now because I get to meet with people. And as I was growing up as a sales rep too, and in my younger years as a sales rep, I ran into people who hadn't traveled as much as me at the age of 19. And that was something that was a really, really cool concept too. The travel was ridiculous for a young person to be able to do what we did. All the museums, all the stuff. My mom on all the trips would make us go see like art galleries, even though we weren't even that interested in art. But it's like hindsight. We have little journals that we wrote in and it's like, that's that's cool stuff that we were able to do. The travel is really great. That's one of the things I love about this company a lot. Yeah. We give a lot of credit to your dad for creating a lot of this atmosphere in your family. But I'm sure your mom has had an incredibly positive impact on you and your life as well, right? Absolutely. My mom has been able to lead us. She led us a lot too. She has the same vector training about her. She always saw the positive part. My parents met through Cutco. they, They were people who actually met from... My mom walked into a training seminar in Wichita, Kansas, and my dad was the district manager. And she was vector trained the same way where wherever people are at, and she obviously helped not just in the business side of things for my dad, where those people who are coming over where she said, yeah, you know what? Nicole is going to be the one who watches our kids when, when Garrett's going to be born and all that stuff. But not just with that, but with school, with sports, with everything. My mom's always been the one who said, if you're going to like, like go do it and let's be good at it. Like you're going to go out and it's almost the attitude of, we don't really compare ourselves to other people. We want to be we're Campbell's like, we're going to go be good. Like, that's what we're going to do. It doesn't matter what goes on everywhere else. That positivity of saying, Hey, we're going to be, we're going to go and have the success we want in life too. Yeah. Awesome. Love hearing it. So how'd you start out selling? So I started just my, my parents wanted me to have a flexible job. Like they wanted me to have something that was flexible. So that way I wasn't working all the time with school and I was able to kind of pick and work where I needed to do too. So I started as a sales rep just to make some money over a summer summer window, kind of like most people in Vector do, is that they started that. But one thing I never had was I never had a doubt about this product. And I didn't even realize when I started, I made my first sale. I was um, the basketball organization my dad started. I was kind of helping assistant coach my little brother's team. Uh, the parents on that team were so ultra supportive of me. All of them did appointments with me. Most of them bought Cutco. When they, when they liked it, they bought it. That was the thing that kind of was really good for me. And I didn't even realize at the time how, how good this product was because I had, we talk about growing up with Cutco and we think about like Vector in the Cutco world. There's literally the growing up with Cutco. Like I only knew Cutco knives. Like I just thought, oh, all knives were that good. I had no concept that there were crappy knives out there in the world. And then I started doing presentations and they were all live then. And we started cutting rope. And I just remember on the demos, literally uh, starting like the first demo I did, I was like, wow, people's knives are really bad. And that was kind of an eye-opening concept to grow up literally with Cutco for me. But I started with just to kind of make some money around school, help pay for, save for college, make money for college and everything like that too. And I was able to start that first summer. I made good money and I didn't really want to look back after that because I made money that most I made more than all my friends did 
possibly combined. And that was something that was an insane concept for me as a young student at the time to have that kind of type of income. And that's really the main thing that being a rep did for me is it opened my eyes to what financial opportunity there is. Yeah. Outstanding. My daughter, when she was two or three, she did not learn the word knife. She learned the word Cutco before she learned the word knife. So she would call it a Cutco till uh, you know she was a little older. Yeah, I just was so mind blown because when I walked into training, I went through I went the, through the normal two day training, and when they pulled out the other knives, like they started, I was still on like partly Drew Frank training videos, like back in back when I started too, and they started going through the other the junk knives, so to speak. And I didn't realize that was a thing. Like, I was like, oh, now I get why. Okay. Now, now there, now I get there's a roof over my head for a reason. Like people have bad knives out there. And that was kind of really fun for me to get. And to be able to help people after that was really nice too, because a lot of the customers, like we know, really love this product. So, yeah, that's cool. So you're selling Cutco and you advanced to become the division office manager, working with your dad and the pilot. What were some of the experiences from sales to the early stages of management for you that stand out? Yeah. So the management transition for me into being the division office manager was really quite... I don't want to say it was easy for me to take that transition, but I was living with my parents during the summer. And then I was going to the office where my dad also worked during the summer. So it was kind of... It was easy in a way. I also had my dad's receptionist, uh, Rosie Avery. She was somebody who I had known most of my life. Like it was somebody who, when I walked in, it was a very friendly face and everything like that too. So moving into the management was an easy process for me, but working directly under my dad that first summer as a dom was very rigorous. He has high expectations. There's a reason why the Williamson County office has been a top office for well over a decade now. There's been a reason that the Lone Star Division operates on the level it does. And that first summer, when I, that first Dom summer of mine, I learned how to work. That, that's what I kind of reference is I had been through some push weeks as a, as a rep and I thought I had worked hard. And then I became a Dom. And the Dom position, it taught me, hey, you can work. And that's, that's part of where I was like, everybody, the Matt Mayberry quote keeps coming back. It's like everybody else just thinks they were busy because all of a sudden I learned that this job wasn't just a job. It was saying, hey, we're going to recruit people, but also we're going to train them and develop them. But also you need to make sure you're having your assistant manager staff be developed along with it. And also you need to make sure all of this is operating at an okay level and don't let anything else fall through the cracks, by the way. You can't miss anything. If you miss any of it, it starts to affect the numbers. And that transition that first summer, it was hard for me. If I'm being honest, it was, it was hard for me. We didn't have the best results, but I learned so much. And what I learned is how to be very present with people. Because with all those things that were going on, somehow my dad, I always witnessed, was calm, cool, collected, and making moving the, the sales needle. And he was moving it while still caring about every single person. And that was something that for me, being young at the time, it was like, I was very hungry and not very worried about anything else. It was saying, hey, let's get the results. Let's get the results. Let's get the results. But having him say, slow down, get the results, but make sure that no matter what happens, we're still getting these people where they need to be. It's not just about our office. It's not just about the Williamson County pilot. It's about every person in Williamson County, every customer, 
every rep, everybody who walks through our door needs to matter more than what you, more than you think they, and that was something that he really taught me that first summer. And then the second summer, I was able to apply a lot more of it because I went, I went back to school in San Antonio. Then second summer, we had, we had better results. We had some better development. We had some better sales results too. And um, it was something that, that helped out a lot more where my dad was also able to check out, not check out a little bit more of the office. He never completely checked out of the office, but he was able to say, Hey, you guys kind of run this, you and the staff run this. And it was something that was really nice because we had learned from the first summer. I had learned at least from the first summer. Yeah. How about branching? I know you branched in 2020. And for most people, that's a truly transformational experience. I'd love to hear a little bit about what uh, you learned from your branch manager summer that has prepared you for your career now. Yeah. uh, Branching was... That was hard. (laughs) That was a hard job. But I would not have trained it, trade, or traded it for the world at all. That was, uh, the, I say it was hard, but it's also the time of my life. I'm looking at a sales report on my wall from my branch summer that I have up. I don't have any of the ones from this past year, even though we were national champions. I, I think about that branch. It was the time of my life. I had so much fun doing it. I learned. Where'd you go lot. for your branch? It was North Austin, same territory I was okay. in here. So it was. Just a little bit down the road, actually, about 10 minutes down the road from my current office where I'm sitting right now. But I learned that you can recruit your friends just straight up because it was during a time of 20 May of 2020, wasn't an April 2020, May of 2020, wasn't a great time for really the world at all. And to be able to be a light, be an opportunity, a lot of people didn't have work, but also all the people who came in. And I think, I think back to my SC2 alliance, like at the end of the summer. And I, every one of those people I'm, I'm engaged, I'm going to get married in September. Every one of those people were going to be at that wedding. Like they matter a lot to me, even the ones who aren't in Cutco anymore. Those are my, some of my best friends. Like those are the people who matter a lot to me. I learned how to own something too. And that was the biggest thing I got because I'd been a Dom for two years and running the office was something that I did, but I just did it because it kind of was a job to me and I was learning and I was getting better. But the second your name is on that, it changes some stuff. You want to have the results that you want to be able to own something, have your name on the door. And I knew I needed to be there. I needed to be there for my people. I needed to be there for the people who want to be in my organization as well. And again, at a time when the world kind of needed some light, I felt like our, the North Austin branch was a sort of light in Austin. And that was something that was really cool because we had we recruited a decent amount of people. We sold $180,000 and those reps made good money. And that was something that was really cool because they're all my friends. And those are the people who made money. And that's something that I really love. I learned that I have to show up every single day and not every day is going to be perfect. But if you show up every single day and give it your all every single day, at the end of the week, you're going to feel good about yourself. Yeah, I just you're bringing back memories for me of my first branch office that I had uh, a lot of years ago, a lot of years ago, Ethan. But it was just so great to be the one that was responsible for everything. It's a it's a scary thing, but it's also it's an empowering thing because I always felt like, well, I can learn anything, and I always felt like I can work hard. Um, and then I got these cool people around me and started having this core and you know developed these uh in my case four really good reps that first summer who did really well that advanced in the business 
that uh, were there for, there with me in the future, the next summer and beyond. And it's just a, it's an amazing, amazing experience, the branch experience. I feel like it's one of the only things I've ever heard about where most people struggle. It's like, it's hard, right? Like, I, I don't think that like the percentage of branch managers that actually hit the goals that they set, it's not very high, right? Like everybody wants to go out and do 180,000 like you or 300,000 or 500,000 or some crazy thing, right? And most people don't. And yet, you know, they, they get beat up a little bit. And yet they, at the end of all that, say, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's the greatest thing I've ever done, even though it was so hard and they didn't hit their goals. You know, it's just a unique thing about the branch manager experience. Absolutely. I, I think about that same thing where like when I think about that question, how is your branch? My first answer is that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But then I think about the feeling I had at the end of the summer and I was like, that was possibly the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life too. It was so much fun. And like you said, wouldn't trade it for anything. If there's any students, reps, people who are listening to this, who are thinking about branching, I will say I branched before I graduated from college. Everything got a lot easier afterwards. <laughs> like all this, the semesters after, after the branch. I don't want to say it was a joke, but compared to what you did during the summer, it was a joke. <laughs> like it was a little bit, it was a lot easier because of it. it's a great challenge. You grow so much. And you learn a lot from it. I, I agree 110% with that. You feel empowered. You feel like you can conquer the world after that. Yeah. So then you, you went back to school after the branch. You graduated. Was there any thought process as far as your next step in life? Or was it just automatic that DM was going to be it? It was kind of automatic, if I'm being honest. I met with our, our region manager here, Lloyd Reagan, took me to lunch. He lives here in Austin too. We met at a little place that I, my apartment now is only like four minutes from the place he took us. My fiance and I eat there all the time now. It's a great restaurant, but he took me there. He just asked me, he was like, so what are you thinking about doing after, after you graduate? And I told him that I was pretty much set on being a DM. He actually told me that I should go look for other jobs. He was like, you should see what else is out there. And that was kind of funny to me because I was sitting there. And what I told him is kind of the same thing I'll tell you, which is I felt like I had kind of been training. And for me, sports sports is something that always comes to mind. I always reference it. I use it. I watch sports. And it's like you kind of go through the development stages in sports and you don't get really good and skilled at something. And then it's like, oh, I'm good at shooting free throws. Now I'm just going to avoid getting fouled. Like, that's not really the way it works. I, mean, I just got really good at shooting threes. I'm going to stop shooting them. And so for me, it was really simple. For me, it, was, it seemed pretty easy. It was automatic for myself. I knew I wanted to be a pro. And this is the most professional version of what I had been doing, is running a district office. And so I was kind of ready just to run a district office after, my, after, uh, after I had graduated from college. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I ran two branches during college. And the second one was a silver cup branch. And then I went back for my senior year. I graduated and I was like, God, I, I'm really good at this. Like this makes the most sense to be the first landing place for my early career. Yeah. Right. Of course, for me, it's turned into a lifetime of a career, but, uh, but just the idea that you work hard to get good at this and that there, there is a lot of great opportunity here financially in the way of impact and a lot of other things, the lifestyle, the flexibility, all those things. So 
you're good at this, it makes sense for this to be the place, at least for the foreseeable future, right? Absolutely. And that's what uh, I remember talking with to my fiance about it. And I remember after the conversation with Lloyd, I, I talked to her and she kind of laughed at the fact, same thing I that Lloyd told me. And I kind of like, I, I listened to him, but I got got in my car and immediately was like, that guy's crazy. Like, I don't know why he's telling me to do that. I feel like he should be telling me the opposite. But I remember telling her and she she kind of, we we both kind of agreed with the same thing. It's like, you're, you're really good at this. So we like to travel, like the paychecks, love the people, because if you don't like the people, you choose the people you work with. And so it was kind of something that it, it made sense to me. It was like, hey, go be your own boss. Go go do this thing because it's the right thing to do. You're, you're good at it. Just go do it. And yeah. Ready to roll with it. Yep. What were some of the success factors for you to be number one in the nation, win the Silver Cup? The first thing, and this thing matters to me more than anything else that I do in this business. And it's my actual passion in this product. And that is, I believe, first off, that everybody deserves to have it and everybody needs it. But the other side of it is, I believe everybody can sell this stuff. It's Cutco. It is the best kitchen stuff in the world, hands down. It can't really be denied. And if we can prove it over and over and over again. And so the success is we, we had an in-person office. We had an office here, which uh, most others I know did not. And so when people came into our office for training, they saw how good this stuff was. And when we showed it to them, it didn't matter where you were from. It didn't matter what part of Austin you came from, how we ended up finding about, out about the job. You know a couple people who can buy this stuff and refer you to five more people who then can make you some great money. And that's kind of the main thing. Everyone sells it. Everyone can sell it. It's way too good for us not to be presenting this opportunity to people to own it. We sell $300 million worth of cutco. Why not make your piece of the pie? And that's kind of our, what our saying was the entire year. And that's what I repeat over and over again is it's like, we're going to do this anyway. This company is the people of Austin deserve this product and they're going to get it one way or another. You might as well be the one to make the commission on it. Yeah, I could go sell it to all of them if I wanted to. That's not the easiest way to do it though. It's because you guys are a great team. You guys need to be able to do this and you deserve your piece of the pie. Whether you're here for two weeks, two months, two years, capitalize on why you're here. Yeah. So product conviction and really trying to make sure that that was ingrained in people key success factor. Give me some more of the success factors for how you and your team were number one. So I briefly mentioned this one, uh, the having an office. I think that was something that we, we were able to have team meetings, like real team meetings where people came to the office. We were able to grow together, learn together. We had some fun at them. Yeah. But we also learned a lot through that. So being able to actually be in the office with the people, connect with them, work with them directly. That was something that was really beneficial. Um, the success factors. I also had a lot of support. I had tons and tons of support, not just within my office from our assistant manager staff. I was able in the fall, Erica Ramirez was one of our assistant managers. She was able to basically take over for multiple different reasons. She's training to run a branch. So she really took it on herself to say, Hey, I'm going to get really good at this too. We had great people in our division as well who helped constantly and supported constantly. I think of the branch managers who we had in our division and how much they pushed me 
the other new DMs too. I think of the fact that we may have won a silver cup, but Brennan Orsorio, who's a new DM in our division, was beating my tail for most of the year. And that pushes me. That It makes it made us better. It made us want to do better. My little brother ran a branch and that branch beat me for a couple of weeks out of the year too. That was really motivating. It's like, holy crap, my little brother who started as a rep a couple of years ago or last year is beating me as an office manager. That's not something I want to have happen, but props to him for it. And the success factor is really just being surrounded by champions. That's really what we were. And we got some silver cups to prove it too. We we had Gerardo, who was the number one branch manager, absolutely did unbelievable stuff. That's motivating as well. Just being a part of a championship culture, that was that's a massive factor that we have because all of our people were then a part of it too. Erica was able to step in and say, hey, I'm a part of a championship organization as well. We had people all the time. When people go through a fast start, we had a we had a $20,000 fast starter and it was something that's like, hey, that's what we do here. We're, we're champions. Like You come in and you kick butt, you make great money and you deserve to have that great money because you, you're a champion too. So come and join this championship culture. That's something that really matters a lot. What do you feel like was your favorite memory or experience from 2021? Oh, there's two answers to that. There's the personal side of it. So this is like one of the benefits of being a Cutco sales rep. Before I opened my office, I got engaged in March. That is my number one favorite memory. I'm going to marry like the greatest girl on planet Earth. That's my favorite thing, number one. I was able to do it, by the way. I, I had a two-week window where I sold about fifteen dollars to $20,000 worth of Cutco. And that was personal sales. And remember how a branch works. All that branch sales counts towards everything. So you make a pretty good commission at that point too. I was able to pay for the engagement ring, pay for everything we did. And we got engaged on a company trip in Mexico with our region. So it was like we left the resort, went and got engaged, came back. And it was like the whole region was celebrating with us. That was something that was probably my favorite memory personally. The business side, my favorite memory we had one of my favorite reps I worked with, probably one of my favorite favorite reps I've ever worked with. His name was Alexander Ortiz. His name is Alexander Ortiz. But um, he started with us and in his interview, he told me, he was like, yeah, I'm actually... He's like, I've signed a contract with the Navy. So I'm going to be going to my training here in the next... Uh, I think it was like four or five weeks at that point. And uh, I was like, that's not a big deal. Come and kick butt at this thing. You're going to be able to do it. And he came and he kicked butt. And he was able to sell fourteen dollars to $15,000 worth of Cutco in his two and a half weeks left in Austin after graduating high school. And the one thing I had no idea he did is he never signed up for direct deposit. He took every single check and just kept them as paper. And then on the last day before he left, he went to the bank, deposited all of the checks and got the statement back. And he came and said bye to me that day. And he walks into the office and I was just talking to him for a little bit, saying bye. And he just goes, by the way, I know this probably doesn't mean a ton to you, but I want you to know for an 18-year-old who's about to be going into the Navy and doesn't have a whole lot going on in his life outside of this, this is probably the coolest thing I've ever had happen. And he just handed me the thing statement from his bank and it had $3,900 on it. It was literally $4 shy of four grand. And he was like, by the way, that's two and a half weeks of work. And I was sitting there and I was like, all right, everything else that happens this year doesn't really matter. Like that's satisfying. That is really cool to have. And that was probably my favorite business memory that I had was him being able to have that success. And I've talked to him a couple of times since then too. He's a great, great kid and he's going to be doing great things with what he does in the future too. But that was really cool for me as a... As yeah. A- 
amazing as leaders that our favorite experiences tend to be experiences where other people achieved something that we helped them do and that uh, you get more personal satisfaction from those in the long run a lot of times than when you hoist your own silver cup here uh, at your banquet that you'll have at some point. It's cool to hear. That's awesome. I want to talk about, Ethan, the culture of the Lone Star division. So Lone Star has been a national champion division in the past. And this particular year, Lone Star division won both of the competitive categories that exist in the company. And both were epic comeback victories where you crushed some souls as the year wound down. (laughs) I know I can speak for the number two guy in one of the categories that uh, was hoping they'd have a chance to win and made a comeback of his own, but you guys just dominated. And then, of course, in in the main total division sales category, the North Star division in Minnesota was way ahead. And Lone Star just charged forward and won going away. It wasn't even close at the end. So it's an incredible division team and division organization. And we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about what makes Lone Star so special. What comes to your mind? We don't lose. We're champions. That's uh, at all levels, by the way. That's it. Uh, we we're what what we have is our saying here in the Lone Star Division is we're hungry, humble, and smart. That's that's what we are. Hungry in the sense that we want to get better, we want to grow, but we're not over hungry. We're not kind of like I mentioned my first summer where I was just hungry. I was wanting to get stuff done. Not over hungry to where we burn stuff down in the process. We're not bulldozers, but we want what's best for us and our people. We're humble in the sense of yeah, we know we're confident. We know we're winners. We know we're going to be champions. We were saying this all year that we were going to be the division champions, but we're humble about it too. And we we know that there are great divisions out there. And uh, we knew that we were going to have to have a massive December and a massive November to go ahead and win it. But uh, we're humble about the fact that we knew we could do it. And that's something that we could do. And smart, not book smart, not just saying we know everything, but smart in the sense that we're going to find a way to win. We're going to find our own way. And even if it means doing things a little bit differently, if we're going to change things from the, a little bit from what everybody else is doing, if we're going to stand apart from the norm in some state, in some instances, we're still going to make it the right thing to do. We're going to make our, our decisions right. And I think about, we don't lose, we're champions and we are champions at every level. It's not just my dad and the division that did well. Our assistant division manager, Damien Scott is a leader like I didn't even know I needed in my life. Not doing anything over management or anything like that, but pushing us. Yes, he won a district district team silver cup too. And there's a reason he won that is because he's a champion as well. Gerardo being a champion at the branch manager level, but also every one of our branch managers too. Caitlin Solomon was in our division as well. My little brother was in the top 25. Spencer Campbell was in the top 20, but Marco Munoz was in that too. Our new DM, I've already mentioned, we had two people in the top five. Yeah, I was number one. Brennan was right there. And he he's a champion too. Our culture is saying, look, we're, we're champions. We're the best. Our, our new managers are the best. Our district managers, Caleb Santana is going to be great. He was in the top 10 for his category. Patrick Carlin 
one of the top new or one of the top first full year DMs as well. We have people good at every single level. And that's kind of the culture. And I think it's a culture that does kind of come from starting with our division manager. It's it's the competition, but not competitive to a fault. It's competitive saying we're going to be good. Our push weeks, we go really hard in our push weeks. Our SC1s and SC2s tend to be better than most other divisions. I got my butt whipped during SC2. Didn't really matter though, because we were still champions and we were going to grow from it. We were going to get better, but we have the best MITs every single year. There's a reason our branches are better. There's a reason our new DMs are really good too. It's because we're hungry, humble, and smart. And we're going to go find, we're going to be, we're going to be hungry, humble, and smart in our offices, in our everyday lives, the way we treat people, all of that. That's kind of the culture that we have. And you've seen this culture move over the last six years or so. And I'm interested in, in just any observations you've seen on like what, what have been the big moves that Stacy has made or that your team has made in the last six years to, to really develop this feeling of being champions? Yeah, I think it does start back from that first silver cup we won back in, 20, in 2018 when we won that silver cup. I remember winning that silver cup and the next MIT meeting we had, Stacy, my dad, flashed up on the screen through the PowerPoint. It was saying, here's where we were at three years ago. And it gave the sales number that we were at three years ago. And then it had the next two years of progression on it and how we got to a silver cup. And he flashed the same thing back up. And he goes, just so you guys know, three years from now, we win another one. And it was back in... It was, it was 2018. He said we were going to win a 2021 silver cup. Like I remember him saying that and I, I remember kind of laughing about it. I'm like, you're really going to plan this three years out? Like, oh my Lord. But that's kind of goes back to the vector training concept, that executive level planning of saying, how are we going to do this? And the development that we've had, the changes I think we've had is uh, it really is the MITs. It's our managers and training, the people who are growing in the business because those are FSM managers in training they're always just a little bit, they're humble in the way that I'm talking about. They're overly confident. When our last, or in 2020, we had one of the best branch classes ever, maybe the best branch class. I was at $180,000 and I was third in our division. And we had Santi, who, Santi Hinojosa, who he had, was number eight in the country and Gerardo had beat, was up there as well. And the culture was saying, we have some of the top people and Brendan and Caitlin were there too at that time. And, and all Meadow was there as well. And all of those people, I think we kind of owned our own. We owned that we owned being the best. And the next year, most of us came back and did it again. Brendan and I opened new districts. Caitlin branched again, Gerardo branched again. Santi had actually stayed open as a district the year before. And I think that move of saying, and it was mostly those MITs early on after we won that silver cup saying, we're going to go get back to that level because we deserve to, as individuals, we are the best people. We are the best MITs. We're, we can get these results. And it also showed on the sales side of things too. During the non-summer, our branches sell a lot of Cutco. And that's something that also helps towards the division silver cup a lot is uh, our MITs sold probably more than, I, I assume, more than a lot of other divisions did. I, I don't know for sure, obviously, but they sold a lot of Cutco. And that's something that really helps out a lot. And it helps us be champions because we know how to manage, we know how to train, and 
every single one of us feel like we get vector trained in the same way that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear, when you talk about winning the silver cup in 2018 and then getting back to it three years later, at the end of 2018, after you guys won this silver cup, a significant portion of the division was moved out to create an opportunity for Nick Smith, right down there in the very Southern tip of Texas. And, and Nick was a silver cup winner himself. And that was moved out to create that opportunity for Nick. And so there was a little bit of a process of having to sort of rebuild the overall volume back up to that number that was, you know, number one in 2018. And it's, it's great that, you know, Stacy had that three-year vision to get back to that level in 2021 and you guys did it. It's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Hey, this has been, uh, it's been really cool, man. It's been good, uh, getting to know you and hearing a little bit about your story. As we finish this up today, I'd love to hear what are you most excited about when you look into the future, Ethan? I'm excited about a lot of different stuff. Uh, I'm excited immediately in the business. I'm excited to learn because I feel like I, I may have won a silver cup, be a national champion at the new DM level, but man, I feel like I did not do everything right. <laughs> and that's the greatest thing, thing I like most about this business is every day I show up and I learn more and I learn more about the business. I learn more about myself. I learn more about the roughs that I work with, more about people. And there's more to grow and that I'm not doing everything right. And there are people who call me out on that. And that's something that excites me a lot here. I'm excited for the future financially. I'm excited to build a really big district. That's what I'm excited to do. Not just be a new DM, but say, let's get some branches. Let's get some other new DMs. Let's get them to have the same opportunity. I'm excited for the opportunity presents for my future family, for me and my fiance getting married. I'm excited to get married in September. That's going to be really awesome as well. I'm just excited for to let the city of Austin uh, do what it do what it can do, and uh, that's that's create a lot of create a lot of knife sales because the people here, like I said, they deserve this product, and we might as well make our piece of the pie here. We might as well be the ones to have some success. So I'm just really excited to see what we can build here in the future, not just in our North Austin office, but in the North Austin district team that's going to come. Yeah. Sounds great, man. You're definitely the proverbial chip off the old block. Uh, and I do mean old, Stacy. if you're listening. Just kidding. Hey, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for bringing some good value today. I really appreciate you being part of the podcast, Ethan, and congratulations on your silver cup. Really an outstanding accomplishment. Nice job. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot, Dan. That was Ethan Campbell. So cool that to have the son of a Cutco legend who is now beginning to establish his own legend in the company as a guest. We really haven't had that. Somebody who grew up with Cutco Vector as a part of their life from birth. And Ethan made some great points there about how when you're part of Cutco Vector, you have another family. Not just the family you have at home, but there's this other family that you're a part of and that his father was able to be a part of his life at a high level while running a very successful, very time-consuming business. He was able to effectively plan to get it all 
done. And for anyone who's thinking about a career here in Vector, to be able to have this perspective today of what your career in Vector could mean to your kids, to your family down the road because of what they're exposed to, what they learn, and the lifestyle that you are able to establish and enjoy. That was awesome. From Ethan's early management days, he learned how to work. He learned how to be present with people. He, of course, believed so much in the power of Cutco, the quality of Cutco, right? Had that conviction and that that was a key driver in helping him to help his people to sell. And then, of course, the Lone Star culture, hungry, humble, and smart. We've heard that from Stacey Campbell in the past. And Lone Star just has this great team of amazing young leaders from Damien Scop to Gerardo Luera to all of the others that were mentioned by Ethan who are part of that team. It's just an incredible organization. If you want to hear more about Stacey Campbell's story in the business, he was featured in episode number 115. If you want a short piece of it, there was a flashback Friday which was episode 266. We also have plans to get Stacy back onto the podcast to share more about this concept of executive level planning that Ethan described today, something that we can share with you all here in the months to come once we get Stacy back on as a guest once again. Hope you enjoyed this with Ethan Campbell today, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 